Do you want to help this podcast out? Here are a few ways that you can help us out. Share on your social media site and tag us into your posts. We are more than happy to reshare. Review this podcast and let us know how we're doing. If you'd like to add someone to the list of or guests, then you can send us a DM and say, hey, I would love to hear this person on your podcast. We are more than happy to reach out and to have them on the podcast. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day. It is Friday. Yes, let's get into it. Consistency, consistency is the key to success. My name is Anna K. Hutchinson, and you're listening to For Change People. Let's chat, let's laugh, because it's your time to start choosing you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast this week. This week, I have my guest, Donald Davis. Donald Davis is a part of the life science community. He will be sharing his book, Overcommitted. Today's episode, I want to just share that in life, you have to be ready for failures. You have to be ready for success. But the one thing that I think we're not ready for is that pain. That pain, that aching pain of knowing that you could have done something, but you didn't do it. And so I want to remind you as you go through today, do it. Go for it. Become the best, the absolute best version of yourself. And remember that everything happens for a reason, for a purpose. And so if today something happened and you did not expect it, listen, be grateful for that. Be grateful for that failure. Be grateful for that moment because it is a learning opportunity for you. It's a learning opportunity for you to become the best person that you can be. So as you go through today, remember... Hey, the pain that you're going through right now is going to help you to come over the hurdles that you will cross. Listen to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to For Change, Be Bold. Our guest today, Donald Davis. Hi, Donald. How's it been? I know we just talked a little bit about your day so far, but share with us, you know, what has been something valuable or great that you took away from today? Anna Kay, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And um, just like every day, I feel like I learn something new every day. <laughs> I'm not necessarily um, the per- the person that starts out the day with um, sort of everything outlined and, and um, somebody that, you know, really sort of is truly intentional about each and every day. Instead, I sort of set set out a plan each day in the morning and then uh, work my way through that plan. And oftentimes, just like I think with most people, there are challenges that happen where I actually say, you know what, I don't actually know how to tackle this one yet, but I will take it head on and uh, take it as a learning opportunity. And that's the best way to do it. Exactly the best way to do it. You're not going to always know everything, that's for sure. And I'm sure in the line of business that we're in healthcare field, I know you're not in there anymore, but you're still a part of the network and the group. The field comes with so much, so much great responsibility, trying to figure out daily what to do, the headache of insurance, let me tell you. But... (laughs) 
I don't know how to fix this, but I'll figure it out. We'll work together. We'll try to make the best use of the resource that we have, what we have capability, the capability that we have available right now so that we can produce the best results that we can get. Yeah. That is so true. And I mean, and we live in such a great age where we have all these resources as well. I mean, I, I, I mean, I grew up in the age of, libraries, everything being offline, essentially not having the internet to, uh, to rely on. And then exactly. sort of later in my education, all these things became available and, and you had these tremendous resources. And I remember for hours downloading you know, research documents and other things to just to try and understand how people did things. So yeah, it's a, it's a great age for, you know, learning and solving problems both. Exactly, it is. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you have been in the industry for 32 years, the healthcare field. Um, You've worked with companies such as GE, and you have also worked with one of the other companies, which is BND, or BD, I should say. So share a little bit about your experience in the healthcare field. Yeah, so I started out in, uh, in, in GE Healthcare more or less early in my career. I mean, I worked for a couple of smaller companies prior to General Electric, and then I worked for GE for almost 18 years. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've spent, you know, a good portion of my life in that company. But most of what I focused on while I was there were small smaller companies that were trying to grow and mature, but just didn't have the, the, the ability to do it or the capability built in. And so I worked with many of the leaders that were there to try and help mature their organizations and, and provide greater and greater global capability um, through building process and, and um, you know, really sort of maturing the systems inside of the organization. Um, and then I did the same thing with Beckton Dickinson. Whenever I went to go work there, it was a similar sort of situation. Their service yeah. organization was one that they'd been trying to mature for a number of years and they just weren't able to do it. And so I brought in an awful lot of capabilities and people and and um, I remember just before leaving, one of the key leaders there had said, you know, you've helped us kind of understand what Nirvana would be like, you know, with regards to customer service. And so, you know, thank you for, you know, the work that you've done. And then after that, I went and, and more or less have, have focused in on my consulting practice and things like that focuses in on smaller organizations. So small to medium uh, size life sciences companies and really focusing there. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's primarily me in a professional package uh, overall. You are an expert in operational um, leader in, health, in the healthcare field and life science. Why did you decide to go in the life science field, healthcare field? What was your motivation? Oh, it's such a great, such a great question. So um, this is going to touch, hopefully, not too hard on my heart, but uh, also, uh, you know, not for anybody else. But whenever I was eight years old, my mom passed away of cancer. And um, prior to that, so I mean, imagine, right? I mean, I'm I'm 53, I think now. I can remember very well, uh, sort of growing up with the Highlights magazine in the doctor's office. I can remember going through biblical stories in the doctor's office. I can remember spending more time in the doctor's office than anywhere else as a small child, probably while my mom was, you know, working with the doctor to try and figure out, well, why does my stomach hurt? At that point in time, she was told that, you know, hey, look, 
you have ovarian cancer um, and most likely you're going to die. I mean, the, the cancer drugs that we have today just isn't something that were possible. And also the doctor's bedside manner really wasn't what it should have been either. And so um, as I've grown up, I mean, the, the things that I've been wanting most to be close to is to impact both diagnosis as well as cancer treatment as much as possible throughout my career. I'm not somebody, though, I tried for a number of years working really closely to end-stage cancer patients, and um, I'm just not somebody who can handle that um, that part of life and, and those yeah. the things that happen um, very well because I take it pretty personally that, uh, yeah. you know, if we can't save everybody, then, you know, we need to be working harder. And so um, I'm one-stage kind of removed, but also very closely working with physicians and researchers who are developing the next generation in diagnostics and drugs in cancer. That is a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, everyone has a a trigger or something that pulled them into an area or field or a career or choice, you know, it's either a family member or something that happened to them when they were younger. And so thank you so much for sharing that. But you know what? You're also an author. So you have written an amazing book, which we're going to get through as, um, as we go through the episode today. You know, your journey in becoming an author, a consultant, a coach, you know, I'm sure it had much ups and downs. And I'm, I'm sure there's days when you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to write this book. I don't want to look at the page. I don't want to reread what I've written. I don't want to correct the mistakes. You know, you don't want to do all that. The draft, the final, you know, making sure everything is perfect. So tell us what kept you going. Uh, yeah, great question. So, um, so maybe... Maybe I'll take this in a couple of different uh, couple of different paths here. So professionally, um, it's interesting to me if you look at my career history, um, I worked for several different large corporations, but also worked in the life sciences field, mostly with small to medium sized companies. I mean, they were inside of these bigger companies as acquisitions or they were things that were being matured inside of the organization itself. And so I wanted to be able to have an impact in uh, the best way possible without a lot of bureaucracy. And so, you know, to your point about the ups and downs, for me, one of the biggest challenges most organizations have is, you know, there are processes and reasons why you have to do certain things, especially in healthcare. And um, so healthcare itself comes with its own bureaucracy and the the government regulations that are around a lot of the things that we do um, that we have to do to ensure that people are safe. However, I wanted to to also be, you know, in organizations that want to move fast but also do it in a safe way. And so, um, you know, my ups and downs in a lot of cases, if you were to look at my career, my downs are really dealing with the paperwork and the the quality audits and all the other things that you have to do. Um, yeah. But the ups very much are whenever you see a product go over the finish line. And that's kind of how I would frame up the book as well is that um, for me, whether it's been, you know, finishing my PhD or finishing the book, the the way that I've kind of looked at it is 
right now I need to concentrate on this piece of work and not concentrate on the whole project. Because for me, concentrating on everything really would be the sort of the, the down portion of, of what we have to do. And um, what's funny to me is, and I even write about this in the book, is that the I ran at one point I was running for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I was raising money for, for them and, and um, you know, running marathons uh, for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And at the end of each and every race, of course, you look back and you go, you just ran 26.2 miles. But the one thing that I would always set out to do is I want to run from the starting line to the first five miles for me that that's kind of the the first sort of victory is at the first five miles then i'm going to run between five and 15 i had these weird sort of boundaries but five and 15 (laughs) 15 was kind of my my next point where i would say okay so the pain is about to start so at mile 18 that's normally whenever my hips would start hurting and my knees would start hurting and occasionally my back would start hurting (laughs) And then I just have to make it between there and, you know, mile 26. And um, yeah, so I look at a lot of these um, sort of things that you work through both in your career as well as my book project. And I hope to write another one, you know, at some point in time in the future um, is to that you have to sort of parse out the pieces in terms of accomplishing it instead of, Hey, look, I'm going to write a book and it's a big project that's going to involve editors and all sorts of other things. And it's going to be kind of a painful process. Exactly. (laughs) Take it one step at a time. (laughs) Right. We'll get there. So what is your focus? You know, your focus on life science. What is that main focus for you? Sure. So my company, 5280 Life Sciences, is named after the altitude that we set at near Denver, Colorado. So um, I'm the president and principal for the company. And essentially, we provide virtual COO services to companies that are growing. One of the things that I found in this space is that a lot of the companies that are growing can't necessarily afford the best resources to be able to provide operations support inside of an organization. So, you know, things like um, project management or process improvement or setting up the quality system or even HR, those sort of elements are challenges for small to medium organizations as they start to grow. And then whenever they're hiring resources as COOs that have no experience that come into the market that really don't know exactly how to address the market. It's it's really challenging for a small organization then to grow. So you have the CEO at the top and they're constantly typically fundraising and trying to find more money to, to continue the, the drug development or diagnostic development that they're, um, you know, in the midst of as well as, um, you know, trying to figure out operationally, how do I just get things tactically done in my strategy um, while I'm focusing on all of this other stuff? And so through a lot of the interactions that I've had with companies over the years, I just found this niche where um, I have a, a network of individuals that I can help bring in that have all of these capabilities that can help these organizations through this without having to hire a, let's say, a, a, you know, a six figure 
sort of resource to be able to manage their um, their operations inside of their organization. So that's primarily where I focus today. I can stay from, you know, listening to you and now being a part of a healthcare company that's just opening in Vegas and so much work. Yes. So, much work. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I truly understand exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, trying to outsource, trying to find, you know, it's so much work, but yes. At what point in your career did you decide to scale back, you know, on corporate companies and just work with corporate companies, I should say, to smaller companies? Yeah, so um, it was through working with a startup here in Colorado, um, just as the pandemic was, you know, coming kind of to um, the point where it's critical mass and everybody went into shutdown that organization was getting ready to go public. And, I, and I've and i seen enough companies both go public as well as uh, get acquired that I had said, you know, look, I, I really would like to take a different direction with my career um, rather than continuing with them. And so I decided to start a consulting practice. And and surprisingly enough, my wife had said that she she was surprised that it took me that long to actually, you know, come back and, and decide to be a consultant on my own. Since then, though, I've had great people, you know, want to join me. And and so some people have joined me part time so far in my organization. And, um, you know, I hope to continue to grow and, and see it, you know, grow hopefully into a, a nice size team in the future. So walk us through your book. Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about your book, which is um, overcommitted, how to transform your habits and um, achieve the life you desire. So tell us a little bit about your book, where we can find your book. Yeah, so this is a passion project of mine. Um, so I, I mentioned all of the places that I worked before, but I, I have a family, right? So I'm a, I'm a husband, uh, a father of three, and then a grandfather as well now of three. And um, when when I looked at sort of my life in reflection of kind of what I'm seeing as well with my, with my own children. And we entered that pandemic um, with COVID and everybody just got to this point of what I would call overcommitment. So overcommitment is described in the book as not just being busy, but being busy to the point that you are overbooked. You have, you know, meetings on top of meetings. And then in addition to that, there's no sort of focus to your day. So how much, you know, how do you focus both your personal and professional life to make sure that you get to where, where it is that you want to want to get to? So, I mean, my example is that I was at one point, I was, I was leading a global team flying around the world uh, I have a passport that's about, you know, I don't know, an inch and a half thick um, with all the different pages that were added to it. And um, in in all of that, I was teaching uh, college and I had three kids that were kind of between probably junior high and high school at that point in time. And um, I was very overcommitted. I was I was somebody who had meetings on top of meetings. And then typically during a day, I would have to decide which meetings am I actually going to go to and which ones am I actually going to have to bypass. What I've sort of sorted out, though, in my life as I've gone through 
is where do I want to focus both from a personal and professional perspective? And I'm still very busy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, my wife was joking with me the other day and she said, you know, I think it's kind of interesting. You have this book on overcommitment, but at the same time, you know, look at your schedule. You're very busy. And I said, but do you see anything that overlaps? It's all sort of laid out and it's perfect in terms of where I focus my time. Kids are the same way. I, I see this now in my own in my own kids that as they've grown, they're now in their 30s. Um, some of them have children of their own and the their own lives in some cases are they're going to school. They're dealing with all the things that have to do with kids and they're very overbooked as well. And so that's what made me sort of sit back and say, you know what, I think I can write a book that actually will help people through some of the thought processes that the processes that they could put in place to actually save themselves some of this pain in the future. And so we go through everything from how do you categorize your life? If you were to think about the things that you really want out of your life, what are those things, but, you know, both personally and professionally, what do you want them to be? At one point in time, I really wanted a corner office, but if you listen to sort of what I enjoy, it has nothing to do with having a corner office in an organization. It has everything to do with working with organizations and, and helping them, you know, through a lot of things. So per- personally, I wasn't aimed at the right place. And professionally, I wasn't aimed at the right place. And that's what overcommitted really will help people, you know, do at the end of the day. And then I turned it into like a practical guide, right? So I give the give people tools and techniques inside of the, the book that help them sort of work through those. And then also, you know, ways to like, if you are overcommitted, here's how you can focus on delegating and automating and sort of resorting, you know, the things that are in your, um, you know, agenda today to get yeah. unovercommitted and hopefully be a recovering uh, overcommitment addict like I am. So it's narrowing down your focus to make sure that everything that you're doing actually correlates, makes sense. They work but, hand in hand. In addition to the book, um, there's a, a, a five-day overcommitment cleanse for anybody that is uh that is currently overcommitted. Um, you could sign up, you know, for that on my website as well. And then for anybody that's analog, so if somebody doesn't necessarily like a digital calendar or digital to-do list, I created a a journal as well. It's a paper journal uh, for for people, and those resources um, really are available through Amazon. So you know you can pre-order the book today through Amazon, and then also the journal. You can you can order that as well. However, all of the books will be available in all of the bookstores. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that, you know, was fascinating to me about your story or when I looked through your profile, I was just like, oh, you've done so many different exploring, climbing, you've been through how many, like how many um, mountains have you climbed so far in your life? Well, that's a hard, that's a, that's a very hard question for me. I, so I haven't actually counted the mountains that I've climbed. However, um, so in Issaquah, Washington, um, I worked with an organization that was there whenever I was with General Electric and every Wednesday was mountain climbing day. So we, 
you know, at five o'clock at in the evening, as we all wrapped up our day, um, I would come out of my office and we would go straight to the mountains that were that were local and we would go climb. And I didn't count them then. And then locally in in Colorado, I've done a similar sort of thing where I've, I've hiked kind of the lower mountains. Just about uh, three weeks ago, I think now I climbed my first 14er. So a 14er is at the peak is at 14,000 feet. So um, I climbed my first one a few weeks ago. My plan is that on the 2nd of October, I will climb Pike's Peak, which will be the my second 14er exactly. um, that I'll climb at that point in time. So, yeah. Like, tell me what goes through your, your mind when you're like going up. Like, what is, like, what are you thinking about? Because I'm sitting here like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the ground is perfect and I can, <laughs> what is going through your mind? The funniest thing is I'm afraid of heights. So um, I'm terrified of heights. Uh, but at the same time, I, well, one, I've seen things that I've never, I, I never thought I would see before hiking. So, I mean, to me, that's, it's just amazing to sort of get out in nature and sort of see what, you know, what's out, what's out there. And a lot of times I carry both video and camera equipment with me as well. Cause I like to take pictures and have videos of video memories of the things that I, that I did as well. But the one thing I would tell you standing at the top of almost any of these mountains is that it makes me feel small, pretty insignificant, um, you know, overall, and it's kind of for me grounding and, and just a good reminder. Um, and normally I'm, I'm pretty thankful whenever I get there as well. Right. That, yeah, you know, now I get to turn around and yeah. it's all downhill from here. So, um, yeah. I like that, you know, just being able to being outside, being grounded, as you said before, it's a small thing. Sometimes we don't think about it. We don't look at it that way, but in the moment it's, making sure that, you know, I'm okay, you know, right. So it, it, what's going to help you to get to the place that you want to be. So one of the amazing things that I saw in one of the lower mountains, actually. So I remember one day being really frustrated because we, we more or less left our cars and then you start hiking up mm -hmm. and uh, we immediately entered the cloud layer. And so you see nothing but clouds. I mean, it was almost like walking through fog the entire time. Mm -hmm. But as we got to the peak of the mountain, you now all of a sudden crossed the top and you were above the cloud layer. So as we're at the top and we're sitting down, kind of enjoying the fact that we're at the top of this mountain, you could see the clouds roll in and then they would clash into the mountain top and then roll back just like waves in the ocean. And that to me was amazing. I would have never got to see that. I would have never, never seen anything like that. Um, yeah. I'm a kid from Indiana and I mean, we, we mostly had flat land there, so <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me to have to have something so beautiful to get to see oh that's nice thank you for sharing I mean if, if you didn't do it then we wouldn't hear that so I mean thank you for doing the things that I won't do how can the listeners listen to your podcast how can they support your podcast is there anything that's happening that's going on that you want us to know about and oh sure yeah so um so I mean first of all I have a life sciences uh, focused podcast, so it's called Life Science Success. 
Uh, it's globally award-winning, uh, which amazes me as well. Um, I recently um, was uh, was given a Global Life Sciences Award for uh, being the most uh, engaging podcast in life sciences, which uh, is kind of funny. Um, but I mean, for, for our category overall, we have a global set of listeners that primarily are focused in on you know the the drugs, the um, drug development, the processes in life sciences to sort of bring these things to light. And then a lot of times I'm interviewing CEOs and executives inside of life sciences to tell us their story and their story about their um, about their customers. And we primarily issue one episode per week. It comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, and if you happen to be on LinkedIn and uh, look me up on LinkedIn, then for sure you'll see on Wednesdays about five o'clock Eastern, I normally go live and uh, we do both the video uh, podcast there. And then normally the weekend after I'll release the audio podcast as well. And they can, can they find you on any um, platform? Is it uh, yes, it's on it's on all platforms as well as the easiest way probably to find it is just to go to lifesciencesuccess.com and you'll find it there. Thank you so much for sharing. We got to support each other. So definitely <laughs> go support. And I think you have what? It's the coffee, purchase a coffee or buy a coffee, I think, right? Yeah, the buy me a coffee link. Buy I've me had... a coffee. I know it was something coffee. <laughs> I've had a few people do that before and then I that I always send them a personal thank you. I just I mean I greatly appreciate, you know, any sort of appreciation for for doing the you know, doing the podcast and and so, you know, sometimes we'll have people go in and just do the buy me a coffee and it's a, a nice a nice recognition of, you know, the, all the work that goes into actually releasing the episodes. I know I was just about to say that you know, we have to support podcasters who are putting the information out there for you the listeners to get and to learn from so go support get a coffee for him (laughs) five (laughs) dollar a ten a twenty a twenty five you want to do that um so before we go i always like to ask my um guests to share one code or one something inspirational that has you know helped you through your life something that has been a part of your journey and just share with the audience before we go. Yeah, I mean, for me, the 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 biggest sort of inspiration that I would that I would tell anybody is one: it's great to lead a life of continual learning. Um, I have greatly enjoyed, you know, just continuing to learn and put you know more and more information out in the world and the things that I feel like I can help people with. And, um, you know, I, I feel like this creator economy that we have through podcasts, through YouTube videos, through all the things that people do today with essentially, you know, really to, to your last point, you know, not really asking for anything, not asking for money or support or anything else. They're just saying, you know, Hey, look, I know something and I would like to share it. And, um, you know, I, I would like to encourage anybody that, um, you know, might not feel like they have anything to contribute to the world that I bet that you do. I bet that, you know, at the end of the day, that there's something that you could be out in the world sharing and teaching people about today. And I would encourage anybody to take that first step and get out there and go share. Definitely. I love that. 
Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for sharing the life sciences with me. Thank you so much. Go for it now because the future is promised to no one. You have just listened to a weekly episode of For Change Be Bold podcast. You can keep the conversation going by following us on our Instagram page and our Facebook page at For Change Be Bold podcast. And until next week, have a wonderful Friday.